Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is John Fields. John, how are you doing on this Sunday morning? Man, you know, I'm not doing too bad. At least got to go to sleep early with the 3 o'clock kickoff, man. Didn't have to be up all night for a game that wasn't all that amazing, and at least saw some flashes from North Texas that maybe there's some better on the horizon. So overall, can't complain too much. Yeah, yeah. At least the the three a.m. the three o'clock kickoff is actually like an underrated great time slot for like writers. Oh, it really is. It. Like it's it's great. Um, but yeah, North Texas obviously goes on the road, loses to Missouri, um, in a high scoring affair. Uh, which I wasn't. I mean, I was expecting a high scoring game. But I wasn't expecting quite the shootout. And also, I wasn't expecting Missouri's defense to be just uh, as, you know, as bad as it was. Uh, Not to take anything away from North Texas. They put up 35 points. They lose 48 to 35. um, And 21 of those points for North Texas came in the fourth quarter. But still, you know, from a Missouri team, I expect uh, at least a little more effort down the stretch. But nonetheless, uh, North Texas Puts up a fight, like you said, uh, covers the spread. I think it was an 18 half point spread and at least keeps it interesting for, you know, at the end, cuts it to, I think, 11 a couple times. Um, but it wasn't enough. And, you know, another slow start down North Texas when Missouri gets out to a 31 to seven lead at halftime. There kind of was no hope getting back into the game. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> It feels like a broken record at this point, almost with how many just slow starts in a row have really killed them. Because, I mean, you look at the UAB game, obviously go 30-0 down at halftime. They were never really able to build any momentum in that game. Then you go to Louisiana Tech, where they go down 24-0 in the first half, get sort of a late first half touchdown, and have a chance to rally all the way back, but the last drive falls short. And then again today, you know, they have – slow start, go down 14-0 really quick, end up down 31-7 at the half, and then just never quite have enough to rally all the way. They brought it to within 13 uh, a couple times. Obviously, the final score is within 13, but it never really felt all that close, to be quite honest with you. It always felt like they were going to be a little farther behind than that just because of the big hole they dug at the beginning. Yeah, Um I really liked your preview before the before the game, obviously. Um, and I one thing I went into the game looking for was the run game of North Texas against Missouri's run defense. And I was a little disappointed in that aspect from it. I don't I mean, yeah. obviously, North Texas ran the ball a good amount. I mean, Dodger Torrey, 24 carries, 85 yards. Isaiah Johnson, eight for 46. Austin Ani, 15 for 59. Um, none of those are, you know great numbers but there was an attempt to run the ball and they weren't able to do it that well yeah that might have been the most disappointing part for me because the past game at least in spurts finally found its footing breaking 100 yards for the first time in three games or at least I mean the last two they hadn't so this is the third game but finally break 100 yards Ani gets some stuff going on the deep balls and that kind of thing so some promising stuff there but then in the run game I mean yeah you come in against literally the worst run defense in all of FBS through uh, four games, or I guess it was through five for Missouri and yards per game. And you're only able to get 186 yards against these guys, which was the second fewest they've allowed all year. And I mean, maybe some of it's them being motivated because their defensive line coach just got fired after the Tennessee game where they gave up like 450 yards on the ground. But like, 
I feel like you have to be able to get more out of the ground game than that. And really a lot of those yards came on Austin Oni runs, which was for some stretches of the game, the only consistent offense they could get going. So I don't really understand how this run game struggled so much. It was nice to see Isaiah Johnson back out there gets the one rushing touchdown. Uh, it was definitely somebody they needed back with um, a Kaika Ragsdale out with injury and, uh, you know, having missed Johnson in the LaTeX game, but at the end of the day, I, yeah, I was disappointed too that the run game didn't have more of an impact on this one. Yeah, because I, I think you set the table well for how North Texas could win it, and they had to come out and run the ball to me. I mean, they they had to come out in the first and second quarters and establish the run and, and really dictate the tempo of this game, and they weren't really able to do that. The pass game, while it ended with 305 yards, passing four touchdowns, two picks from Austin Ani on 16 as 26 passing through the first three quarters, I believe, I think it was at 150 around there. I mean, 170 or yeah, something. Yeah, it wasn't anything special until those couple late big exactly. play touchdowns. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and it's the same thing with the receivers, right? Damon Ward ends up with two receptions for 81 yards and a touchdown. Rod Burns, five receptions, 71 yards and a touchdown. Like both of those were, you know, late scores that ended up inflating things. So, um, but I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from North Texas that they kept fighting at least at the very, I mean, at the very least they kept fighting and kept scoring and Missouri kept busting in coverage. And as a result, you know, Austin Ani was able to find them. And even with those inflated numbers, Austin Ani ends up 16 to 26 passing, which is fine. It's not great. I think it's around what, 61, 62%. Um, but there was no point in the game where, like you said, I was watching it like, okay, North Texas has found something sustainable. North Texas has found something uh, that is going to carry them into the, you know, further the rest of the season. Um, it was, it was like one of those like showings where it was like, all right, the game's over. The second half, how much weight does it really carry? And again, give them credit for fighting, but like, I can't hold too much from that second half. I mean, Isaiah Johnson, like you said, I thought was good. And then he fumbles the ball in a really critical situation. So yeah, I'm, it, it's, it's, it's tough for me to like fully evaluate that second half because I think the first half is more of what this team is. Well, and if we want to get more into that first half, I mean, just some of the glaring things to me, first off, I mean, the defense comes out and gets a stop and then Ani rolling out to his right along the sideline. I mean, just another ill-advised pass over there, really reminiscent of what happened with Reuter a couple games ago against UAB on that first drive. I mean, basically the same scenario where you're rolling to your right, throw a pass, you really shouldn't trying to squeeze it into a tight window, and it gets picked off. And that was just so disappointing to see after the defense gets a three and out and really has some momentum built probably for the team to see it all just thrown away like that on – just a ball that should have been, you know, in the first row of the stands, I think is what Latrell talked about uh, post game in his radio interview. He talked about, you know, if we need to get our throwaways into the first row of the stands, we need to do that. Something like that. Like, I mean, I just can't understand how they continue to start in ways like that. I mean, I guess some of it's nerves or something, but I mean, Ani with the pick there. And then after that, the defense goes and gives up scores on the next five straight drives. And by that point, it's like, I mean, what are you, what are we doing here? It's another slow start. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else on the offense before we move to the to the defense? Um, I, I did want to shout out Jason Pirtle with the nice touchdown catch. You know, we, we've definitely given him some flack on here, but I want to give him some props where props are due. He had a solid game and got wide open for that touchdown grab. So good for him for making a nice impact out there. Yeah. On the other side of the ball, 
it was uh i tweeted out that i'm having i tweeted out i'm having app state flashbacks and i was uh it was it was interesting i mean partially maybe because of yellow and black and partially because they were running stretch plays that ended up going for 60 yard touchdowns um but yeah the 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 run defense completely folded the pass defense i thought you know wasn't much better it probably was a little better but Tyler Batty uh, ends up with 17 carries for 217 yards and two touchdowns. Dawson Downing, four carries, 73 yards and a touchdown. That's 13 and 18 yards per carry for those two backs. Um, and yeah, that's why it reminded me of the App State game because it was there. I mean, for this whole season, you know, it's been like, all right, you know, not great defensively, but then they've had those stretches, right? They've had those stretches where you're like, okay, they're competent. They can do some things. Yeah. This was, I mean, especially the first half and I think the fourth quarter too, like you, you just look at those three quarters and you're just like, if you just watch those three, you're like, this defense is back to what it was. It's the same defense as last year. If you just watch those three quarters, right? You're like looking at teams break long runs. Um, you're looking at busted coverages and you're looking at the same defense. It's been the past you know five years. So um, it was a very disappointing defensive performance. And I, hated to watch it honestly <laughs> it was not fun to watch no 100 percent. and the one part for me that i guess threw me for a loop a little bit was they did still have some of those flashes right they got the three and out on the very first drive they got three straight three and outs coming out of halftime so they came out and played with some energy had some things going at some points but I mean, it just never fully came together on both sides of the ball at the right time, I don't think. Because then, as you said, late in the game, when the offense does get going, then the defense was struggling some, too, and gives up those late scores and, you know, really never had a chance to fully get back into the game. Um, So, yeah, and I agree on the ground, especially. I mean, we knew coming in that uh, Tyler Badee was, or however you pronounce his last name, he he was going to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with. He's their leading rusher, and he actually had the most catches in the pass game for them coming in to leads them in touchdowns, ends up with three total touchdowns on the night, two on the ground, one through the air. Like, we knew he was going to be a good player, but I didn't expect him to light up the North Texas defense quite the way he did. So even that was definitely a bit disappointing to see. Yeah, I mean, from the defense line to the linebackers, I felt like they were just swallowed up a lot of times uh, in that Missouri run scheme. And Missouri's a good offense. I knew we knew coming into the game that they were, you know, potent. I think Connor Bazelek's a fine quarterback, um, and and Bidi is is a fine running back or a good running back. So I knew they were going to put up points, but and I think what was my prediction like 41 17, something like that. Something um, like 45 38 38 17. Okay, maybe. yeah, 38 17, something like that. Um, but it was more, again, it's more just like how Missouri is able to do these. They're able to break long runs consistently. They're able to, you know, there's the lack of discipline on the defense side of the ball. And I just don't know. I just don't, I I can't see this defense just being good enough to consistently stop teams as much as they're going to need to for the rest of the season, even though we're getting into the last two games of this brutal six game stretch, it doesn't matter. Like you and we'll get into it later. I mean, you know, defense is going to have to play well in one of these two games in order to win one of these games because they have to win one of these two games. You can't go one six. No, absolutely. And if we do want to look at 
a little positive, I guess, on the defensive side. How about freshman D tackle Roger Brown, man? Seven tackles on the night. He had the defense's only sack, which really came at a good moment. And I think he looked very good out there defensively. He didn't look like a freshman. He played a big role for them on the inside, even with some of the struggles against the run game. So to me, he might have been the player of the game on the night. He was really yeah. spectacular. Yeah. And then Upton Stout leaves the game. Uh, well, that was the third quarter, correct? I believe it was. Um, Maybe fourth, early fourth? Yeah, I think it was. It might have even been the second quarter, but it was either the Fast. second or the third because then freshman uh, Dillian Williams got yeah, a lot of PT that's what after I was gonna that. Say, Dillian Williams played a lot, a lot of a lot of uh, snaps. So that was interesting. Um, they were clearly yeah. you know shuffling players in and out. Uh, I thought Larry Nixon was pretty active out there. Um, Deshaun Gaddy. He missed one of those tackles on the one of those big runs that kind of bothered me a lot. That's going to stick with me a good amount. But, um, you know, Katie Davis was his usual self active. But it's kind of what we talked about this whole year is Katie Davis, Tyreek Davis, you know, Larry Nixon to an extent. How much are you going to go make plays? You know, you can't wait for plays to come to you. You have to go make plays, make your make your impact in the game. And it didn't it just felt like one of those games where. You know, they were in position for plays whenever it came to them, but they didn't go out. of. They weren't able to go out of their way and make those plays. Yeah, well, and if we want to go, I guess, full context on all of it as well, there's no Kevin Wood on the defensive side who has been that starting linebacker. I don't know what he was out for, but he didn't travel with the team. Neither did Quinn Whitlock, which I don't know how much of that is a net positive, to be honest with you, but um that defensive backfield definitely was a little thin, especially after Upton Stout gets injured, that you have to put a freshman in there at one of the corner spots. Um, so, I mean, a few injuries here and there, but at the end of the day, this defense isn't banged up nearly as much as the offense is, so they don't have, I mean, nearly the excuses to make, uh, at least in my opinion. And, yeah, I mean, they've just got to play better, especially from the start. Yeah. Anything else on the defense here? I'm trying to think. Um. I was just so disappointed those late those late touchdowns that they couldn't just get off the field one time in the fourth quarter. Yeah, well, and especially um, the big long run they gave up to the backup running back. I think it was like a 60-yard run, and it almost seemed like he just got through completely untouched. Like, it was that bad. I don't understand. I mean, maybe just the wrong play call at the wrong time or something, but to me, at least on the offensive side, you could see the fight, and you could see them still feel like they were still in the game to some extent. And then that play happens, and you're like, okay, now it's over. Yeah, that I, like I said, App State flashbacks, man. That that's what yeah. I had. I had App yeah. State flashbacks. It was incredible. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to touch ahead. on with the offense, actually, which you know, I, I want to give Latrell just a little praise for this one, even if it's not much, given what's behind Ani. But I thought it was nice to see him stick with Ani even after the early interception. Sticks yes, with yes. him the whole game, and Ani is able to build some momentum, especially late. Hopefully that serves him well going into the next ones, uh, especially against Marshall, which is looking like the most winnable game out of the next two. And, you know, one that I think might be a must win to hint at uh, what I'll be getting into in my preview a little bit. I think they've got to win against Marshall if they want really any chance of having at least a decently successful season here. I don't even know if they can get to six wins at this point, but they definitely have to beat Marshall if they want any chance of that. Yeah. Um, good point from on on the Ani side of things, keeping him in for the whole game. That was a refreshing, you know, uh, thing to watch. <laughs> so um, that was good. Uh, last thing I'll, I'll ask here uh, for for this part, uh, 
do you think because so Lorenzo Thompson was suited up, correct? He was, he, just he was, play? yeah, okay. Um, so do you think if they have Lorenzo and even even Jair, Lorenzo and Jair, do you think it makes any difference in this game, or how much of a difference do you think not having those two receivers kind of makes to this offense? See, I don't know, because at the end of the day, especially late in the game, they still found guys that were able to make those big plays. You get the 52-yarder from Rod Burns, the 77-yarder from Damon Ward. So, I mean, maybe that helps a little bit just in some of the short and intermediate passing game. You have, you know, a couple more reliable options who you've been around for a little while. But to me, I'm not sure how huge of an impact that actually would have had on this game because, I mean – they still were able to get some of those big plays late. Um, I mean, obviously it still has some impact, but I, I don't put too much emphasis on that for this one. I don't think. Yeah. Um, next question I have is, is this team better than it's one and four record or is it, you know, when you look at a one and four team, is this a one and four team? Man. And that's the, that's, it's, Tough for me because, you know, you go through North Texas schedule, obviously all the losses are to teams as we expected to be good. You know, SMU yeah. ranked UAB bounces back from that poor showing against Liberty, making that a one-off and beats FAU. Uh, La Tech has been in a fight with everybody. NC State ranked, you know, Mississippi State. Uh, and then Missouri, um, obviously an SEC team that is a capable team. Um, yeah. And they put up fights with Kentucky and other teams. So um, you look at those four losses and they're against teams that are good. Uh, but, you know, North Texas and a lot of those games hasn't looked good at all. So what, do you think this team is better than it's one and four record? It's tough. Cause I, I agree with you. I mean, coming into the season, I definitely wouldn't have picked them to beat SMU or Missouri. Um I did think coming into the Missouri game that there was a decent chance they could cover the spread if they executed, you know, the game plan that I sort of outlined. So good for them covering the spread. You know, that hasn't happened very often under Latrell, as we highlighted in the last podcast. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm not sure that they are really better than a one in four record at this point, because this is what I mean. To me, I picked them, I think, to be probably two and three or even three and two through this stretch, because. I thought they should have beaten Louisiana Tech, at least coming into the season. I thought that was a game they needed to win to have, you know, a six-win kind of season. And I thought they would have at least needed to show some competitiveness against UAB, which they really didn't throughout the entire night. So, to me, they're at minimum about as good as their record suggests. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think they're I think they're a 1-14 right now. I can't go out here and vouch for you because while – other teams have had good showings and bad showings. They've been able to win a few games here that at least teams that have more than one win. Right. Um, specifically, if you look at like UTEP, for instance, right. UTEP yeah. has had a very easy schedule to this point, not to take anything away from the minors, you know, shout out UTEP, shout out conference USA, but um, you know, you beat New Mexico state, uh, Bethune Cookman get blown out by Boise state uh, beat New Mexico and beat Old Dominion and Southern Miss. Like those are their five wins. The thing about that is I feel like, and they play Louisiana Tech next week. So this is, you know, where it starts getting real for them because they have like La Tech and FAU and UTSA as their next three games. It's something 
something about the culture that, you know, you're able to win games. Like, even if they're not great opponents, like even if it's New Mexico, even if it's Old Dominion, just finding ways to win those games to me is substantial. I don't think UTEP is like significantly better than North Texas or anything like that, but like being able to pull out those wins says something to me, even if it's against worse competition than North Texas schedule. Uh, Would UTEP get a win with this North Texas schedule? Probably not. But at the end of the day, North Texas has lost these games in kind of non-competitive manners. So I can't give you credit for being like, oh, it's okay. SMU is ranked 24th when they got beat by 23. So I can't give you credit on the UAB game. I can't give you like any real credit on the Missouri game when you're down 31 to seven at halftime and the game's over. Like there's the the lot tech game. You go down 24 to zero and you want me to like, be like, wow, you came back and cut it to to 17 to 17 to 24. I can't do that. Like in my head, the game is over when you go down to four possessions pretty much. And they've done that against basically everybody they've played. So yeah, it hasn't even been like, wow, they're fighting with these guys. This It's not like Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech legitimately should have beat Mississippi State, legitimately should have beat SMU um, and in, NC State. I think they, they won one of those games. I don't remember which one it was, but regardless, because they're two and two on the year. Um, so I I don't I can't look at this. They're two and three on the year. Actually, my fault. Google lied to me, but. <laughs> Yeah, man. So that that's how I look at it. I just I can't give you credit on those performances like I did give credit to La Tech against SMU and La Tech against Mississippi State. I don't look at it the same. Yeah. Well, and I don't mean to harp on the La Tech game at all, but to me, that's the one that yes. hammers home the most uh, where this team is at at this point, because that La Tech game, in my mind, undoubtedly should have been a win. You don't face their starting quarterback in Austin Kendall, who was really fueling their offense. And yet you still give up 24 early points to their backup quarterback. You know, no disrespect to that guy at all, but you're playing their backup QB. That's a game you have to win. I mean, with Austin Kendall out there, you have to win that game. Yep. Yep. Now we kind of touched on it before, but can they beat Marshall? North Texas. I tell you what, I uh, I was talking to some sports writer friends I have as well, and I made the early upset call. I think they can uh, with the flashes of stuff I saw late from this offense. At least we finally saw some life from the past game. I think they can upset Marshall. I don't know that they will, but Marshall hasn't been very impressive either. I mean, they went to overtime, I think, last night with, what was it, Middle Tennessee? Old Dominion. Or Old Dominion, yeah. So even worse. I mean, they, they went to overtime with Old Dominion last night, so I haven't been very impressed with Marshall. I mean, after the first week, I thought Marshall was really good. They beat Navy like 49 to seven, but since then they haven't looked very good. So like we alluded to a little bit earlier, I think this is the most winnable game uh, between Marshall and Liberty by far. And uh, yeah, I really think it is going in. I think it's a must win. And I think it is a win that is definitely one they can pull off. I'm just not sure with what we've seen out of the defense and just the slow starts in general. I'm not sure that they will do it, but I think they can. If they lose to Marshall at home, you throw the season away. Just throw yeah. it all away. You Marshall beat Navy, beat the hell out of Navy. We thought they were going to be good, right? Yep. All right. They beat an FCS school after that, 2-0. They lose to East Carolina by four. 
that's obviously not good. East Carolina, um, that was their only one of the season, I believe. Um, sorry, I lost it. Okay. Uh, then they go and play App State. I believe it was on a Thursday because I watched the majority of that game. My, maybe on a Friday. And yeah. they play App State really, really well. They end up losing by one in a game that I think they could have won. And that was like, okay, Marshall's still really good. Like, we know what they are. The last two weeks, they've lost to Middle Tennessee and old, and then they beat Old Dominion in overtime. And Middle Tennessee is better than they were last year, but Middle Tennessee still is not a great team or even a, I don't, a good team. So that was alarming. And then yeah. Old Dominion, taking Old Dominion to overtime to beat them, a team that did not play football last year, I'm North Texas cannot lose to Marshall. You you can't. And I don't think Marshall's bad, but they're definitely not good. Like compared to the other five teams in this six game stretch, they're the worst FBS team that they've played this year by far. And Liberty, like you said, is going to be significantly better than Marshall. Hell, a lot of conference USA might be better than Marshall at this point. So yeah. this is, this is non-negotiable. This is, there's no excuses here. There's, I don't care who's playing. I don't care who's hurt. I don't care what the occasion is. I don't care if it's pouring rain. You cannot lose to Marshall at home this week if you want to have any respect in this conference. If you lose to Marshall, throw the season away because I don't think Marshall's much better than Rice. I don't think Marshall's much better than UTEP. I don't think Marshall's well, Southern Miss sucks, so uh, they're probably better than Southern Miss. But like FIU, UTSA, like I'm just looking at the rest of their schedule here. If you don't beat Marshall, you're probably not beating Rice, and you're probably not beating a lot of other teams on the schedule, and you're going to end the season with three wins. So Yeah, I mean, if you don't beat Marshall, I don't think you're beating UTEP either because at least UTEP's looked good and shown flashes this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and not to get into sort of preview stuff too much, but to me – at least early in the year, I was feeling like, man, North Texas might have a tough time with this Marshall offense. They put up a lot of points. They get a lot of yards in the passing game. But, I mean, Marshall only scores 20 in OT against Old Dominion. They only got a late touchdown to tie it at 13. Before that, they really hadn't done much of anything. I mean, Grant Wells put up a bunch of yards and threw a couple touchdown passes because he got the one in OT and the one late in regulation. But, if this North Texas defense, you know, even if they're a little banged up in the secondary or whatever, if they can't hold that Marshall offense to below, I don't know, 21 points, if they can't hold them to at least 21 points uh, or lower, then yeah, I agree. Throw the whole season away because that would be ridiculous. That's, that's that. If they lose to Marshall, I'm, I, I fail to think of any of many more, you know, embarrassing losses. Because, yeah. like, they, they've had, obviously, worse losses, probably, you know, if you just look at, like, on paper, like, oh, this was an awful loss. But, like, sure, going into a game against a team that North Texas, I don't even, I don't, I don't even want to guess the spread because, like, I have no clue what it's going to be. Like, is it going to be, like, North Texas by, like, three? North Texas favored by three? Is that, that, that feels right, I guess? What a disgusting spread. I have no idea. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know, man, because I could see Marshall easily being favored by a couple yeah. points in this one, too. You know, yeah. I think it could go either way. I think it is going to be a tight spread, though. It's I think one of, it's yeah. one of those where neither team deserves to be favored. No. <laughs> so uh, that's what I just will see. And it's on a Friday. Friday at 6 p.m. 
yeah, that, that short turnaround could be interesting. Uh, that that Friday night games are usually always interesting. So we'll see. I don't remember the last time North Texas had a Friday game. They, I feel like they had one last year, but I don't remember. Maybe two years ago. Definitely two yeah. years ago, I believe. But regardless. Well, and what, what I do want to say about it being a Friday night game is it really – is about equally disadvantageous to both teams because Marshall had the 2 p.m. kick against Old Dominion and goes to OT. North Texas had a 3 p.m. kick and, you know, didn't go to OT against Missouri. But not neither team, I think, is put in, at more of a disadvantage by the early uh, – by the sort of short week. So I, I don't want to hear that excuse after the game as to that's why North Texas lost because they're both in the same position basically. Yeah, no, there will be zero excuses if North Texas loses to Marshall. <laughs> Um, but we will have y'all's content, uh, y'all's preview content on the site, obviously. Uh, you got anything else to touch on, John? Um, I don't know. I think that's pretty much it. I did want to say even when Upton Stout was out there, he got beat deep uh, for a touchdown pass anyway. So I don't know how much having him out there would have helped the secondary. And most of the issues, like you said, were on the ground anyway. So to me, I mean, this defense has to find a way to shore up the run defense because otherwise – that Marshall offense, if they're able to get a little bit of run game going and make North Texas commit some hats to the box, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. Yep. So we will have y'all covered with the Marshall preview stuff on the site. Be sure to check it out. Mingering 24 seven, become a subscriber. If you're not already uh, check us out uh, for this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple. Follow, follow us there. Uh, follow us on Twitter as well at Mean Green 247. Follow John at Twitter at John Fields Zero. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Uh, I completely forgot it in the moment. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. Uh, we appreciate you all listening to us. Send it to a friend, and we'll talk to y'all later.